Okay, translation and report by Shula Prabhupada. Oh, dearly, highly, highly qualified Lord, if one in the association of pure devotees hears even once the glories of your activities, he does not, unless he's nothing but an animal, give up the association of devotees. For no intelligent person would be so careless as to leave their association. The perfection of chanting and hearing about your glories was accepted even by the goddess of fortune who desired to hear your unlimited activities and transcendental glory. See the Prabhupada's purport. The association of devotees, Arya, Sangama, is the most important factor in this world. The word Arya refers to those who are advancing spiritually. In the history of the human race, the Aryan family is considered to be the most elevated community in the world because it adopts the Vedic civilization. The Aryan family is distributed all over the world and is known as Indo-Aryan. In prehistoric days, all of the members of the Aryan family followed the Vedic principles and therefore they became spiritually advanced. The kings, known as Rajarshis, were so perfectly educated as Chatriyas, or protectors of the citizens, and so greatly advanced in spiritual life that there was not a bit of trouble for the citizens. The glorification of the Supreme Lord can be very much appreciated by the Aryan family. Although there is no bar for others, the members of the Aryan family very quickly catch the essence of spiritual life. How is it that we are finding it very easy to spread Krishna consciousness among the Europeans and Americans? History reports that the Americans and Europeans proved their capability when they were anxious to expand colonization. But at the present time, being contaminated by the advancement of material science, their sons and grandsons are turning into reprobates. That means unprincipled. This is due to their having lost their original spiritual culture, which is Vedic civilization. Presently, these descendants of the Aryan family are taking this Krishna consciousness movement very seriously. Others who are associating with them and hearing the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra from the lips of pure devotees are also becoming captivated by the transcendental vibration. Transcendental vibrations are very much effective when chanted among Aryans. But even though one does not belong to the Aryan family, he will become a Vaishnav simply by hearing the mantra because the vibration has great influence over everyone. Maharaj Purtu points out that even the goddess of fortune, who is the constant companion of Lord Narayan, specifically wanted to hear about the Lord's glories. And for the association of the gopis, who are pure devotees, the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi, underwent severe austerities. 
The impersonalist may ask why one should bother chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra continually for so many years instead of stopping and trying for kaivalya, liberation, or merging into the existence of the Lord. In answer, Maharaj Prithu maintains that the attraction of this chanting is so great that one cannot give up the process unless he is an animal. This is the case even if one comes in contact with this transcendental vibration by chance. Prithu Maharaj is very emphatic in this connection. Only an animal can give up the practice of chanting Hare Krishna. Those who are not animals, but actually intelligent, advanced, human, civilized men cannot give up this practice of continually chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you, Prabhu. Yashakshivam Sushava Arya Sangame Yadrichya Chopa Shrinoti Te Sakrit Katam Gunajno Virame Bina Pashum Shriya Pavavre Gunasangrahichya. We'll read the translation again. My dear highly glorified Lord, if one in the association of pure devotees hears even once the glories of your activities, he does not, unless he's nothing but an animal, give up the association of devotees. For no intelligent person would be so careless as to leave their association. The perfection of chanting and hearing about the glories, uh, about your glories, was accepted even by the goddess of fortune, who desired to hear of your unlimited activities and transcendental glories. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshur Un Meditam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurvenamaha Mukam Koroti Bachalam Pangun Langayate Garim Yakripa Tamaham Vande Sri Gurundinatarana Vansha Kaupatarubhyas Chakripa Sandubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha so Srila Prabhupada begins his purport, the association of devotees, Arya, Sangama, is the most important factor in this world. The word Arya refers to those who are advancing spiritually. Well, that's what we're all doing every morning now. I think it's wonderful, seven days a week, that we all come together and associate in this wonderful Sangha to basically hear and chant the glories of the Lord. This is, um, this is what always happens when devotees come together. There's that uh, beautiful verse by Lord Kapiladev. He's speaking to his mother, um, Devahuti, where he says, Satang prasangan mama virya sangvido vavanti hritkarna rasayana kita. Uh, so he's describing that when devotees come together, Satang means devotees, Prasangam, when they associate, Mamavirya Sangvado. So he's saying, this is Kapila, he's the incarnation of the Lord, is saying, 
Mamavirya Sangvado, my very uh, virya, very powerful, uh, very glorious um, activities and qualities, pastimes are discussed. Bhavanti Hritkarna Rasayana Kata. And this Bhavanti um, Hrit, so what becomes established in the heart or what happens in the heart uh, is this great transcendental Rasayana Kata enters through the ear, Hritkarna. So that, that connection between the ear and the heart, Hritkarna Rasayana Kata. They're drinking this transcendental nectar. And then he goes on to explain, okay, so they drink it. What is the effect of it? There's like, for example, if you drink uh, alcohol, you're going to become intoxicated. Or if you drink some health beverage, maybe you'll get some healthful qualities. Uh, if you drink uh, coffee, uh, what is the effect of, of drinking that? Okay, you may get some um, temporary stimulation. So he's describing... Tajjoshanat, so of this, uh, of the, by this cultivation, by this process of hearing, Tajjoshanat Ashbhavavarga Vartmani, so uh, that means that the Apavarga, the liberation, Vartmani, the path of liberation, and, and Ashu, Ashu means quickly, so very quickly by hearing this transcendental sound, which we're hearing every day, the glorification of the Lord, it is, it is quickly opening up the path to liberation. And the result of walking that path is that shraddha ratir bhaktir anukramishati. That, um, so anukramishati, anu means to follow. And uh, you know this word krum, just like um, uh, trivikram, uh, it's step. Vamanadev took the three big steps. So, so what, what follows Anukramishiti, what is following in this order is Shraddha, Ratir, and Bhaktir. So we gain faith, which is really the beginning of spiritual life, and it, it, is, the, it, it is something which we're protecting throughout our entire sojourn back to Krishna, our faith. It's so important. Faith, it's what it keeps us on track. And, and Ratir, when we, from this faith, we follow the process, ratir, and then we begin getting a taste for it. We all must have some taste. Otherwise, why the heck would we be here every morning? We can't deny that we're not getting some taste. It's certainly not on the level that it will uh, come to as, as we mature, where we become actually mad men, mad women, and exhibiting you know, ecstatic symptoms just by hearing the transcendental glories of the Lord, all the symptoms uh, manifest in the advanced devotee. So, Shraddha, Ratir, and uh, of course, again, we're, we're reminding that that's at the very advanced stages, and, and Bhaktir, devotion, Anukramishyati. So, actual, and when we speak of devotion, we're talking about serving Krishna with love. In the beginning, it's, it's done in practice, but as we mature in spiritual life, that that actual we, we won't be able to stop ourselves from engaging in devotional service to Krishna because it is so, so sweet and it, it is a quality of our soul is to engage in unflinching devotional service. We couldn't imagine for a second not engaging in service. So anyway, this is what's uh, the result of, of what will come from our association. There's mention of you know, who would give up this 
hearing the, the glories of the Lord or leaving the association of bodhis, except one you know, who is simply uh, an animal. And the Vedas, they discriminate between human life and animal life. And human life actually begins, not when we come out of the womb, but it actually begins in, in earnest when we take to the spiritual path. And we, always, we all know that first aphorism from the Vedanta Sutra, which is atato brahmajigasa, that now that I've attained this human form of life, now let me inquire. Let me uh, open my ears and hear uh, and understand the purpose of life. Beginning with, first of all, the first thing we have to understand is, is who am I? We know the, the famous time when Sanatan Goswami, he was a great, great scholar, brilliant personality. When he first came before Mahaprabhu, he, he fell down like a, like a stick, like a rod, and the first two words out of his, out of his mouth were, Kami, who am I? Kami, and, and then Kane, uh, why? Am I Jari Tapatroi? And why am I suffering in this world? At least he understood right from the beginning that this material world is not a happy place. Uh, even my father, who was you know, not particularly a spiritual man at all, he, I remember him telling me as a young boy, he said, uh, son, this world is not a bowl of cherries. It's actually a, a bowl of pits. But, uh, so he's saying, who am I and why am I, why am I suffering? Uh, if I can't understand this, then come and I hit the hoy. And how can I be benefited? Uh, he, he goes on, Sadya Sadna Tattva Puchite Najani. So he said that the Sadya um, Sadhana, Sadya means the, the goal, and, and Sadhana, the process. So the process to obtain the goal, he says, Puchite, um, uh, that means uh, to inquire. Najani, I don't even know how to ask a question. That's one of the things that we. Uh, symptoms of someone starting to advance in spiritual life when they start asking really important and relevant questions. Just like King, uh, King uh, Pariket, he asked such perfect questions to Sukadeva Goswami. There's that book, um, uh, Perfect Questions, Perfect Answers. So when, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Ramatirtha Prabhu was, was inquiring back when he was a, I think a peace, in the Peace Corps and he was in India, he had the opportunity to speak to Prabhupada, and he asked such nice questions, and that's a, a whole book called uh, Perfect Questions, Perfect Answers. Um, so anyway, he was saying that Sajjasandatattva, um, the, the process to obtain, I don't even know how to ask, ask a proper question. Therefore, he, Sanatan says, Kripakari, by your causeless mercy, Sabatattva, all, the, all the, the essence, everything the, of, of all the Vedas, Kaha please uh, reveal them to me. Um, so regarding the um, association of, of devotees, I remember when Ramananda Prabhu was giving class the other day, he was reading to us about 
where um, Prabhupada was saying that uh, anyone who's trying to be aloof from this Krishna consciousness society uh, is and, and thinks he's advancing, I'm sort of paraphrasing here, uh, is simply living in the hallucination. So um, there's no question of advancing without having association. It's something you just can't do it alone. It's got to be done in association with devotees. And, um, uh, and Rupa Goswami actually gives us some good tips on, on how to associate with devotees. There's a beautiful verse in the uh, Upadeshamrita um, where he says, Krishnati jasya giri tang manasendrieta dikshasti chet pranatibhischa bhajantam isham Shushushriya bhajana vigyamananya anya nindari shunya hridam itsita samgalabhya where he's saying that that um, someone who may not be very advanced in spiritual life, but, but they're pious enough to at least vibrate Krishna's name, Krishnati Jesya Giritan, someone who is at least vibrating that sound of Krishna, even very neophyte, having practically or possibly little or no faith at all, but he's beginning to chant, then Amanasandrieta, that we... Uh, may not associate intimately with that person, but within our mind, we, Manasandrieta, we're offering respects in the mind. And then he says, Dikshastiche Pranatibhishchadvajantamisham. And one who is, uh, one who's taken Diksha, Dikshastiche Pranatibhishchadvajantamisham, someone who is very seriously now involved in spiritual life, to that person, we offer our obeisances. Now, I just want to make a little sort of side note that uh, just because someone has taken initiation doesn't mean that um, they would fall into the category or immediately bow down and, and offer obeisances because sometimes someone may take initiation and fall away and then they sort of fall back into that first category. And we see, we see lots of them. Unfortunately, people, they take initiation, they get started, they get going, and, but then they take some big steps back. So anyway, in, in that category, we still, no matter how, almost how far off they've gone, we, in our mind, we, we offer some respect to them, but we're not looking to intimately associate with them. And then uh, Rupa Goswami describes Shushushi Abhijana Vigyamananya Anya, but one who is so advanced in spiritual life, and I love that he, to give that qualification, and he says that person who's completely devoid of the desire to criticize others, we look to serve that person and take shelter of them. So, um, uh, anyway, but in... in even knowing these points, it, it, we're trying to figure out well, who, who is an advanced devotee, what particular level they're on. We may not always get it right. So we always want to err on the side of caution, of perhaps offering more respect rather than uh, less respect. And even when Lord Chaitanya was speaking to Sanatana Goswami, he gave him the instruction that... Um, uh, 
Thakur, Janya Chitti Krishna Prem Kurye Udoi, Tanravakya Kriya Mudra Vigaya Nabujoy. So he warned Sanatan that you may not always be able to tell who's advanced and who was not advanced. I mean, often we can, but there are times we can't. So he's saying, Janya Chitti Krishna Prem Kurye Udoi. So this is describing that um, in, in in the heart, chitta, within the heart, someone who uh, Krishna Prem Kori Doi, where that in the heart is overwhelming, it, it is it is flowing uh, very very belief very uh, uh, powerfully. He says Tanervati Kriya Mudja Vigaya Nabujoy. So Vigaya Nabujoy means even the most um, educated, the most knowledgeable people. Uh, joy they, they cannot they cannot understand they cannot and he says tandavaki kriya mudra so by their uh, by their words by their uh, vakya uh, kriya by their actions um, uh, mudra by the the symptoms he may not always get it right and um, you know there, there's a great example one of, one of my favorite examples was when um, uh, Lord Chaitanya was in Kirtan and was you know dancing and dancing and dancing like a madman and and finally after so much dancing and chanting and ecstasy he, he sat down and then he began to uh, cry out something that the devotees hadn't heard before he started saying oh. Oh, Pundarik, Pundarik, uh, when will you come? Pundarik, when you, oh, my father, my father, when will you, when will you come? When will, when will I see you again? And, and the devotees, they've never heard Lord uh, Chaitanya speaking about Pundarik, about this particular person. Oh, Pundarik, when will you come? And, um, and they, they couldn't understand why the Lord, he was, he was crying and tears were flowing from his eyes. And um, so the, the devotees asked, you know, who, who is this that you are, this personality you're speaking about? And, and, and Lord Chaitanya said, this person is so elevated that just by saying his name, he said, the whole world be, can become purified. Um, but he said, Lord Chaitanya said, but, but you'll not be able to recognize him uh, because he, will, he appears just like an ordinary person, but you will not recognize him. So um, because he was, Lord Chaitanya was crying in this way, um, Pundarik Vijaniti suddenly felt within his heart the desire to go to Lord Chaitanya because he knew that Lord Chaitanya wanted him. So um, just kind of like the gopis when they heard the sound of Krishna's flute, like you know, like mad women, they just dropped everything they were doing and went because they knew that Krishna wanted them and they were so desirous to bring pleasure to Krishna, they couldn't stop themselves. So Pundarik somehow understood within his heart, being a pure devotee, that that Lord Chaitanya wanted his association so he uh he left his home 
and he traveled to Navadweep. And um, so when when he got to Navadweep, of course nobody knew him and, and nobody uh, recognized him. He appeared just like an ordinary person, with the exception of Mukunda, because Mukunda was from the same a town uh, was a chakragram or, or something like that. Maybe someone can help us out at the end. Um, he he was from the, the same Mukunda Prabhu, and I think also his brother uh, was at Vasudev Datta. Again, I'm not sure, but only these two knew who Pundarik Vijaniti was, and of course they knew of his great of his great qualities. So. When he came, Mukunda went and he approached uh, Gadadhar because he knew that Gadadhar always loved to have the association of advanced devotees. So um, he uh, approached Gadadhar and Gadadhar was, was very enthusiastic that, uh, yes, I would, love to, I would love to meet such a, su- such a great personality as, um, as you're describing. So they um, they went to go meet with uh, with Pundarik, and when they arrived, Pundarik was sitting very comfortably, and Gadadhar offered his very respectful obeisances, and then um, Pundarik Vijaniti began to inquire from Akunda, so who is this um, who is this great personality that you brought? He said, I could see something very special about him. His, his body is is, is just e- e- effulgent. And I could tell it's from rendering devotional service to the Lord. Please tell me, who is this person? So Mukunda Prabhu began to explain, Ah, oh, this is Gadadhar. And uh, he is, um, he, he's been very renounced from material life since, he, since his childhood. And he's, he's totally absorbed in serving the Supreme Lord and, and serving all of all the Vaishnavas. And he's very, very dear to all the devotees. They all love they all love Gadadhar. And he was very anxious to come and meet you. So Pundarik was uh, sitting there just like a like a prince on this very, very on a palaquin. And he was sitting in a bed that was covered with very um, very fancy uh, sheets, and the, the bed itself was was inlaid with all types of, of, um, of precious metals and and jewels and and different types of stones, and there was several tiers of ornaments that were uh, overhanging the bed in which he was sitting, and his um, his mattress was very very soft, and it was. Many, many silk pillows were there. And on uh, either side of him, there was uh, nice water pots and, um, and, and special pots for holding um, uh, betel nuts in, in, in pond. And, you know, Gadadhar is looking at this. He's kind of, uh, wait a minute, he's, he's kind of have, starting to have second thoughts. And, and, and as Gadadhar looks, looks on, he sees that on either side, of Pundarik, there were these large ornate mirrors that were hanging there, and and and, and Pundarik, he kept looking at himself in the mirrors, and he was you know, these 
his his lips were all red from the from the pond that he was chewing and and he would look at himself and he would he was smiling and his hair was all kind of slickered down with with very uh perfumed oils and there were uh, several men that were fanning him with, with peacock feathers and uh and, and Gadadhar was he was he was aghast at what what he was seeing, and he couldn't understand, uh, you know, why he was dumbfounded. Why would Pundar, why would um, Gadadhar, uh, I'm sorry, Gadadhar was thinking, why would Mukunda bring me to see such a materialistic person? He was living such a such a lavish life. So Mukunda could understand that even Gadadhar himself, who was Radharani, that even even Gadadhar couldn't understand who Pundarik really was. So in order to um, uh, expose the greatness and reveal the greatness of Pundarik Vijanidhi, he quoted a uh, um, Gadadhar, uh, I'm sorry, um, Mukunda quoted a very beautiful verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, which I don't know the whole verse. Aho bhakiyang stanakala kutam. That's the only part I know, uh, which is describing a whole, alas, bhakti, this this, uh, uh, witch, stanakala kutam, her breast, kala kutam, there's this very toxic poison was spread there. And of course, he so he was describing the verse where um, I think it was um, was it Uddhava? Um, I think Uddhava was speaking, but I'm not sure. But uh, one of the great personalities was saying that uh, alas, that uh, how how is it possible to take shelter of anyone who was more merciful? than the Lord who gave the position of mother to this demon, Putana. She was so unfaithful and so prepared to kill him with the poison she put on her breast, but still the Lord was so merciful that he gave her such liberation. He just saw the good, that there was some, apparently some moment of appreciation of Krishna and some some small motherly quality that she exhibited, that Krishna was so merciful, he gave her such an exalted position. So anyway, when, when uh, Pundarik heard this, when the sound entered his ears, this beautiful verse from the, from the Bhagavatam, then tears just began flowing from his eyes, and he fell into this, um, he kind of fell in and out of, of conscious state in, in ecstasy, and he began, you know, kicking the, all the paraphernalia that was near him. Uh, his body was out of control. He was, he, and he, he fell to the ground and he kicked the, the brass pots of, of water and the containers of, of betel nuts and the pillows and the sheets and, and his hair became a, a total mess and all of his fine clothes uh, became all, uh, uh, wrinkled and out of shape and then he um, uh, he began kicking and kicking on the ground and and uh, 
devotees were afraid that he was going to, you know, break all of his bones. So they 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 held him as tight as they could, which was, you know, practically impossible. And it was actually um, several hours before he finally, you know, came out of this, this state. And so Gadadhar, he now realized, oh my God, what an exalted person. And uh, so he was thought, oh, this is so inauspicious that he was thinking in his mind so offensively that this was an ordinary person that he um, he embraced Mukunda and thanked him so much for uh, bringing him to see Pondarik and he appreciated his, his friendship more than ever but he thought that oh my but I've, I've made such a such such a great offense so then he thought that the only way to free himself from this great aparad was to beg Pundarik Vijaniti to initiate him because at that point he had not taken initiation and this is also another great lesson that was was exhibited by Krishna Krishna took he took Diksha initiation, Balaram took Diksha initiation, Ramchandra took Diksha initiation, Lord Chaitanya himself took Diksha initiation. So he um, chose to beg Pundarik to give him that, uh, to give him Diksha initiation. Anyway, uh, you've got the point that uh, we, we may not always get it right. And of course, speaking of, of, uh, of Putana, when she went to give her breast to little baby Krishna, she appeared, even though she was such a, a demoness, that she um, appeared to be the goddess of fortune and the residents of Braj. They thought, oh, what a, what this beautiful, eloquent uh, person, she, she must be, you know, she, she must be the goddess of fortune or something. So they also misunderstood and allowed Krishna uh, to or gave her access to little Krishna. So the uh, uh, association of devotees. If we don't get that association, then our our life is basically it's basically wasted. That seed of devotion has to come, and that can only come from from a devotee. We can't by our own endeavor. We have to have that great fortune of coming in contact with devotees that can give that, that, that bhakti lata bija. And uh, interestingly, I was, the other day I was thinking about the, the bhakti lata bija. I think we all know that verse, Brahmanda Bhanamite, Kona Bhagyavanji, Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai bhakti lata bija, that um, uh, while traveling, and we've all been doing this, traveling, Brahmanda Brahmite, all throughout the universe and perhaps other universes since time immemorial, uh, Kona Bhagyavanji, if, if we, the, the great um, fortune that one may have, Bhagyavan, is Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhakti Larapisha, if one can come in contact with a great devotee and get their mercy, Pai Bhakti Larapisha, they get this Bhakti Larapisha, this seat of devotion. But I, I was thinking that it, it kind of wasn't making sense to me to get the seed of devotion because I, I was always thinking that it's already there in the heart of everyone. 
we know that verse Nichasiddha Krishna Prem Shadikabonoi Shavananda Chittikiti Kuriye Udoi that the that, that love of Krishna is already in the heart of every living being. Kodiye Udoi, it just has to be awakened. So if it has to be or it only has to be awakened, it's not something that's brought in from another place. We remember that when some interviewer was asking Prabhupada, what have you what have you what new have you come to bring? to the Western world. And Prabhupada said, I haven't come to bring anything new. I've, I've simply come to awaken what's already there. So it, it wasn't making sense to me that this, that one gets the seed the, of, of bhakti when it, it's already there and it only has to be awakened. So I went back and I was reading the, the purport to that verse and the answer was there, and I guess I'd forgotten it. I must have read it you know, some time back. But this is exactly what Prabhupada said. He says that the methods, rules, and regulations by which one is perfectly trained in devotional service constitute the bhakti lata bij, or seed of devotion. So that kind of cleared it up for me, that it's the, it's the instructions and uh, the rules and regulations, etc., that the only the pure devotee can sort of instill within within us, and then uh, our human form of life, which is uh, valuable, unlimitedly valuable, but only valuable if we come in contact with the devotees that can to take that human form of life, which is described as just like a boat. In fact, there's a verse, Rideham Adyam Sulabam Sudurlabam Plabam Sukalpam Guru Kanadaram Mayanukulena Nabasvitaritam Puman Bhavadimna Tareza Atmaha. This ending is the same as what we were just reading, that you know, who you know who who would give up the association except, you know, someone who was willing to kill himself. So the same thing is real basically stated in this verse as well, where it's saying that um Nurideham adyam sulabam sudurlabam. So this nurideham, nurideham means human life. Adyam sulabam sudurlabam. It is, um, well, it's, it's, it's easily achieved. It's automatically achieved. Sudurlabam. Um, but, uh, I'm sorry. Nurideham adyam, yes, sulabam, it means that it is sulabam, it's easily obtained. It's going to come naturally. Every so many billions and billions of lives within this world, sooner or later, one will naturally take human, the, the human form of life. Sulabam, but it's sudorlabam, but it's very, very, very rare. And plavam sukalkam. So, and it is the, it is like a, like a boat which is capable of taking us out of this material existence, but guru karnadaram, but it requires guru. So the Guru Karnadharam is one who can steer that boat. Ramananda Prabhu was speaking in his class about how if we, if we don't have Guru, it's like, you know, we may have the boat, but we don't have the rudder. And uh, I know as a, as a sailor, um, I remember once we were out in the, in the Jaladuta, the, uh, our, the Jaladuta here in, in Hawaii, and one time the, the rudder came disconnected we were able to fix it in relatively short order. But without control of the rudder, the boat's just going to go anywhere. And um, 
and in all likelihood, it's going to be facing the wrong direction. The storm's going to hit, and you know, everybody's just going to—it's you're, you're going to capsize, and uh, it's going to be disastrous. You've got to have control of that rudder, and that is uh, karnadara. Karnadara means one is, is described often as captain, um, but it, but it, it literally karnadara means one who is who is holding the rudder, one who's steering the boat. And uh, there's uh, actually another verse that um, when when the sages were assembled at Naimasharanya and um, they were waiting for the right person to come to speak, and then finally, um, uh, uh, finally Sutta Goswami appeared. So Shanakarishi says um tumna, the famous verse tumna sandarshito datra dustam nistatirshitam kalin satvaharapumsam karnadara ivarnavam so he's describing that uh, that this datra that this um this great uh, by great by providence um sandarshito so only by by the great merciful will of providence do we have your association, Dushtaram Nishtatirshitam, those who are, those of us who are actually desirous to cross over this ocean of material existence, which is very difficult, Dushtaram Nishtatirshitam. And, and he explains, Kalim, in this age of Kali, Sattvahara Pumsan, that the all sattvic qualities of, of, of everyone, uh, they're, they're, ta- they're taken away, Sattvaharam. Haram means the name of Krishna is Hari, one who takes away. So Kalim Satvaharam Punsam of men, all good qualities are taken away. Therefore, he said, Karnadara Ivarnavam, we we accept you as the as the captain of our ship. So we should uh, recognize the the very unfortunate situation we are being separate from Krishna, but at the same time recognize that Krishna has very mercifully created this material world for us to have the opportunity to go back home, back to Godhead, if we take that opportunity. And especially now we're seeing, we've been speaking a lot in our in our uh, Sangha, especially, we've mentioned from time to time on, on our Saturdays when we've been having these sort of like... Uh, how we describe it, um, sort of psychology, everybody coming together and sort of revealing and speaking our hearts. And we've been talking from time to time about the, the value of this uh, pandemic that we're, that we're facing now. And um, it, it's really an opportunity, a great opportunity, helping us come to the realization that death could come at every moment. And so now we should just, you know, dive in at Krishna's lotus feet. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's been more obvious than, than ever before. Because, you know, death can come at any moment. So now, at this time, just like that verse by, um, who was it? Um, King Kulasekar, where he says, uh, "Krishna tadiya padapankaja pancharan tamajaya me visitumana sarajansa prana prayana samaye kapavata pitai kantavaro dene vidal smaranankata stay." So he's saying that Krishna 
Krishna Tvadiya Padapankaja Pancharantam. He's saying, my dear Lord, your, your, your lotus feet are just like the, the network of stems of the lotus. If you've ever, anyone's ever cultivated lotus or lilies, they're, if you reach your hand down to where they're growing from, the, the network it's of, of all the stems that are coming out, it's just really, really thick. You can just get, get your hands stuck in there. So he's saying, Adyaiva may visit to Raja Hangsa. Adyaiva, now, Adyaiva, without delay, may visit to Manasa Raja Hangsa. Let the swan of my mind uh, enter. Let the swan of my mind, Manasa Raja Hangsa, visit to enter. Take shelter at your lotus feet. Because he says, Pranaprayana, that Pranaprayana, when the life airs are leaving the body, Samaya at, at that time or in that condition. Kapavati Pita in the bile, mucus, and air is everything's going wrong in the body. He says, Kantavaro then Vidal Smaranankataste. So Kanta is the throat. Kanta, like Kanta beads. Kantavarodana. So when the when the throat, Avarodana Vidal, becomes all choked up with, with mucus. At the time of death, he says, Smaranam, to remember you, Kutaste. Uh, you know, how, how, is, how is that going to be possible? Therefore, he says, let me, let me dive in now. So that's what we're doing. We're coming to these classes every day, and we're diving in by, by drinking this transcendental nectar of the sounds glorifying Krishna. There's a beautiful verse where uh, Sukadeva Goswami says, um, Pibanti bhantama apatsatang katamritam shravana puteshu sambritam punanti te vishya vadushitashyam brajanti tachchanana sarorahantikam. So he's saying that pibanti uh, means to drink. Pibanti bhantama apatsatang. That the satang, the devotees, they drink this nectar of this katamritam shravana puteshu sambritam. So this katamrita, this, this nectarian. Uh, sound, this glorification of Krishna, Shravanam, uh, which is heard, Puteshu Sambritam. Puteshu is like the holes of the ears. And Sambritam means to become filled. So we fill our ears with this transcendental sound vibration, which we're vibrating every day in our Sangha and our Japa, etc. And it says, Punanti Devishya Vadushatashayam. That we be, Punanti means purification or, or purify. Vishya. Uh, sense gratification, vidushatasharam, uh, which means like the p- polluted uh, a goal of life, not understanding the goal of life. We become polluted from materialistic life. And virjanti tachcharana sororahantikam. And by ingesting, by drinking this nectar and purifying our lives, then virjanti tachcharana sororahantikam. We go back to the lotus feet of Krishna. Um, before I end, one last thing I just wanted to kind of throw in here is um, today is Memorial Day. And um, so why would I bring up Memorial Day? And just a few, a few thoughts. That, um, well, first of all, Memorial Day is kind of what they often call the, the uh, unofficial start of summer. And the beaches, for example, they're going to be God, they've been packed uh, the last couple of days and uh, Saturday and Sunday. Today, Memorial Day, they'd probably be packed more than ever. 
So, um, I mean, officially summer starts at the summer solstice, which is typically going to be June uh, 20th, 21st, or 22nd, one of those three days, when the sun hits the Tropic of Cancer. But it kind of unofficially starts today. Um, I mean, yeah, unofficially. And um, Memorial Day is, is a time, I, I, I guess I don't know so much about it. I just kind of took a quick look on, on Wikipedia to sort of see some thoughts. But it's the day when we take time to honor and appreciate the, those military personnel that sacrificed their lives for our country. And um, so this day has been celebrated uh, since ninth, I'm sorry, since 1868. And uh, from 1868 to 1970, just um, that's 50 years ago. Um, so yeah, so up to just 50 years ago, it was celebrated on the 30th of May. But I guess so that they could make it always fall on a weekend, they switched it to the last Monday in, in every May. But um, what sort of touched my heart, I guess, to some degree, was the fact that America, you know, with all of its problems and all of its difficulties, is, is, is a wonderful country. I mean, America is based on, it's based on religious freedom, and it's based on freedom of speech. And I was thinking that, that Lord Chaitanya's movement, though it you know, technically began in India, I mean, it, it didn't really start in earnest. The, what we call the Hare Krishna explosion, where did it start? It started in America. This is where Prop, this is the first place Prabhupada came to, which makes America in, in many ways kind of a, a holy place. This is where it really started. And we're also fortunate that we're, you know we're here in, in America, and um, we're and and the lila is is still going on. I mean, it's it's not like a lila. Okay, it started 500 years ago, approximately when Mahaprabhu came, but the lila really took off in earnest when Prabhupada came to America, and and now that lila is still in the process of covering the whole world. We remember that uh, when Vishujana Swami asked Prabhupada that. Why didn't Bhaktivinoda Thakur, why didn't he spread this all over the world? And Prabhupada said he, he left it for us. So we're all participating in this Leela. And in fact, this Srimad Bhagavatam class that we're all attending. In fact, Ramananda Prabhu brilliantly came up with this idea and put this all together for us. This all fits into the branches of, of Lord Chaitanya's Leela that's still in the process of growing. So anyway, just a few points on uh, today to maybe just think about how fortunate we are to be an American and appreciate those that gave their lives for this, this wonderful country where the Hare Krishna explosion began. Okay, I'm way over time. So I apologize and um, let's see if anybody has anything we'd like to add. Ramananji, turn it back. Sounds like we're muted because I can sort of hear a echoey. Yeah, I've unmuted everyone. I have. Okay. Anyone like to, to add something or any questions? 
Well, I was going to say that in the purport, Srila Prabhupada is pointing out the American and uh, Europeans. Uh, it's funny how I didn't mention uh, Russians or Asians. I guess because at that time the movement uh, hadn't spread that far up to that point yet. Um, uh, not so much in... Well, like, India is part of Asia, but especially in Russia, where you see so much happening. No, the movement was just starting when, when he was, what are we in, the, we're in the third canto? Fourth canto. Yeah, it was just, it was really, uh, what, what year was the fourth canto written? Anybody know? Or have any yeah. rough idea? It was relatively early on. I, I I assume. We should have go to Chandra with us. He he would probably know that. He's a more BBT guy. Does anybody have a question or a comment they want to ask? Hi, Krishna. Um, I enjoyed listening to the class and all the wonderful pastimes. I like where you took that. So thank you. I don't have any questions. It was just really nice to listen. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, yeah, again, we don't just listen to listen and enjoy. It's all there. We we listen. And um, so... Yeah, we listen and we become purified by that sound vibration. It's the sweetest nectarian medicine. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. I have one question. Okay. When Sanatana Goswami saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he, you know, fell down and took Dandavad and said, Kiyami, then did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu give Sanatana Goswami the ability to continue to ask questions? Uh, I'm sorry, the question was, what's the last part about the deity? Uh, no, when Sanatan Goswami, he saw right. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he took Dandavat and said, Kiyami, who am I? And then he said, he's suffering so much. So did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu give him the ability with, by his mercy to inquire more? How did that happen? I, I guess I'm not here. Somebody tell me, what is, what is she saying the last part of the question? Uh, the That... Um, when Chaitanya Mahap, when uh, Sanatan Goswami saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and took obeisances and said, Kiyami, who right. am I? So then did, did uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu give uh, Sanatan Goswami the ability to question and uh, to inquire? That's what I wanted to ask. Oh, I see. I, 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 I got it. I got it. Yeah. Jeez, I can't answer that with any you know, Shastra or verse. Um, certainly... As soon as you get, as soon as we come in contact with a, with a pure devotee, then uh, when he was getting Lord Chaitanya's mercy, then within his heart, he's certainly assisting. I mean, I think when we ask questions, I often, even in the Sangai, I usually like to think of a question to ask at the, at the end to sort of help the speaker along a little bit or so we don't have that silence like we just, just had where it doesn't seem like anybody's got anything to say, I, I kind of feel a part of my duty listening to the class and to express my appreciation to the speaker is to try to think of a nice question or a nice comment. 
And often I actually pray, oh, Krishna, help me, help, help me think of something to say. Help me, you know, give me, give me some nice question to ask. And uh, yeah, Krishna, as he says in the Gita, Tesham Satyudanam Bajitam Pritipurvakam, Dadami Buddha Yogam Today, the Krishna gives us the intelligence to come to him. He's actually guiding us within our hearts, and certainly, if we're sincere, he will help us to formulate nice questions to ask. So, though I can't get anything specific, anything specifically mentioned, like when was it was it Druva that um, the Lord touched his conch shell so that he could ask, he could offer nice prayers. There's you know, we can give Shastra yes, example, and, yeah. So in that particular case, we could cite, you know, that specifically he was so young and uh, so inexperienced that only when he was touched on the head by the conch shell was he able to speak. But um, the only other verse that I, I can quote to be specific would be the one I just quoted, the Tesham Satyutanam, that Krishna gives the intelligence by which we can come to him. And so within our hearts, he's assisting us. He's giving us the ability to ask questions. And, and so many other things he's assisting us from within our heart. Thank you. Thank you for the question. I just remember one question. Go ahead. I can wait. Go ahead. When you were talking, that when you're reading the verse before you got into the class, I was thinking about devotees who, for some, maybe because of their, their obviously their karma and whatever reasons besides that, um, they end up in a community, I've seen it happen, where they just are treated really horribly by temple authorities, especially with youth. I've seen where people in places of leadership dump their frustrations on the youth, and then the youth get so fried out that they think, gosh, the people outside the temple are nicer to me than people inside the temple. And they, they leave the devotee association. In the beginning of the class, if we got too far into it, I started thinking about that. My mind kind of drifted, and I was thinking, well, at least they all pulled the chariot, Lord Jagannath's chariot, and I have faith they're going to come back. But because, I, I mean, the verse is saying that maybe unless they're animals, and I'm thinking, well, maybe unless they've had some really bad experiences, you know, there's, well, just that, there's that side of it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We, we can't deny that. I... I always, I mean, in my opinion, I love ISKCON, but it's, it's not, it, it isn't, you know, no institution in this world is, is perfect. It's got its problems. And it's really going to be up to us. And that's one of the things that when I go to India every year and we have our meetings with the, the SGGS meetings or uh, other meetings of, of the senior leaders, it's the, what do we have to do to fix the problems in our society because we we actually discuss if we don't get it together it's its future is uncertain what is so that it's, uh, uh, sannyasis gurus and gbcs that's the, the it's a every every other year we the the heavy SCGS meetings, and we we talk about very very frankly about the the future of our society. You know what we have to do 
and all the mistakes that we've made and how to kind of right the ship. Because clearly from, we see that if we're not, if there isn't some head trying to honestly acknowledge the problems in the society, they're never going to get fixed. I think they'll always be. What solutions have come up? What solutions have That's a great question. I'd have to, uh, I don't think I could answer that right off the cuff. I'd have to kind of contemplate and think of some of the things that, that were said. But I think, and, and be honest, I don't recall any great answers at this time. I think we've at least come to the point where we are answering the, asking the questions. And I would say more that we're acknowledging that there's problems and acknowledging that the fact that we've got to do something. And from that, the great answer should come. We were talking about, and where was it? It was someone's class. We were talking, oh, I know. It was uh, Hanumap Sheikhswami was mentioning about the, the, uh, the uh, GBC college. So the GBC is, I mean, the, yeah, the GBC is like you know, sort of the, the, the top managerial society, which, which represents, we, we don't want to have one individual, so it's a GBC. And one of the things that they're doing, which I think is excellent, they have this GBC college. And my God, you should see, I met some of those that are attending the GBC college and preparing them to lead, our, to, to lead the movement. And um, one who I met in particular, uh, Garanga Prabhu, who is a, a disciple of Radhanath uh, Maharaj. My God, what an incredible, incredible devotee. I, I actually was beginning to feel some, uh, f- for the first time I met him and a few others, I was beginning to feel that, yeah, maybe that our society is going to make it. So I think that's probably one of the great solutions that, that came, is that GBC is kind of ahead and it seems that we're profiting from our mistakes and at least the fact that we're acknowledging we've got to do something and there are problems. You know, and from that, answers will come. But I think probably one of the biggest was the formation of the GBC College because there are some incredible stellar devotees there that are uh, very, really impressive. I was really impressed. I actually left Mayapur feeling some hope this last year the GBC College, so is that uh, the, the courses, seminars? Can you describe it a little bit better? No, I don't, I'm, I don't know enough about it. That's why I was asking Maharaj, would he speak about it? Because he seemed like he knew something about it, but he kind of went a different direction with my question. But I don't know enough. But I know that it's, um, it's, it's, it, it's years. It's years of training. And uh, I'd like to know more about it myself, Ron. I just, I, I just don't know. But I know that, it, that it's there. And I've, it, I've, I'm seeing some of the fruits of those that are in the GBC College. It, it, so this devotee you're mentioning, his name is Gurunga? Yeah, if you go to, um, if you go on uh, YouTube, just type in Gurunga Das. He's, an Indi- he's Indian. He's from, uh, I, I don't remember where he's from, but um, my, he gave a Bhagavatam class. It just, it just blew my mind. It was on, best classes I've ever heard. Unbelievable. And he's so humble and just such a sweet devotee. 
he manages the um, the eco village that uh, Ranath Maharaj has, or that started. I wish I knew more about it, I, I, but no. I don't. Ramananda, the GBC College, the main thrust. I spoke to some of the kids in Alachua who had gone to the courses. Please tell us. They're training people to be future GBCs, basically. Right. I mean, that's the thrust of it. You know, how to manage, how to, you know, those guys, those and there's girls too. They're they're fired up. I mean, <laughs> you want to be a GBC? I mean, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, forget your material life for sure. I mean, if you want to. You know, so anyway, yeah, that that's the main thrust. I think Maharaj's gripe was in the direction that uh, it's more into managerial, practical stuff, and he wants more academic, actual. They should know. Although there's a lot of, you know, the people who are doing it are also getting their uh, bhakti shastri, etc. You know, sh- learning shastra. So I wouldn't worry about it. But um, yeah, it seemed to be bug him. But I was amazed that there were about five five kids from. Well, that's where that went. Kids meaning, you know, 25, some, I, I don't know all the ages, but some of them who lived in Mayapur for a long time. I mean, they, these people are fired up. So, yeah, that's why Narhar is saying that. He, I don't know if he met any of those people. I did. Yeah, so, he, well, Goranga, that's another story. He's already a seasoned, you know, manager and so, but. Some of the ones I know in Latsua, they never really, they're not like Goranga, you know what I mean? Goranga is like, uh, he's like one inch from being a sannyasi or something, but that's another thing. I don't, I don't really know. But, um, but they're not like that, you know, not everybody. But just the idea that they went there to do it and even would think of it is pretty far out. I mean, most of the old timers are too jaded. Like, you want a PGBC? Uh, yeah, call me tomorrow. You know, I think I need to go take a nap. You know, they're not going to want to do that. Uh, you, the reason I'm asking is because you know, if it's such an important thing, maybe we should know about it. But uh, so, is that just in Mayapur? People, they go like. I mean, the training that I remember them doing was in North America. They didn't necessarily go to Mayapur to do it the last time. They they had it up in Carolina, was it? I can't remember exactly. Somewhere north, because you know in Florida everything's pretty much north, and so it was. They had gone up north for a few weeks to do it, and then uh, I was like, it was kind of new thing to me. And then I, and I saw them doing. They came back. And I said, "Oh, you, what was that all about? GBC college? Yeah, yeah. They train us to be, you know, future GBCs." And so they're thinking that, you know. So I mean, um, that's that's the story on that. I don't really know every inch of it. Unless you, I mean, maybe there's, they have it online, some of the courses, that you could see them, or maybe not, but... Um, Just curious. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there, previously, there was no real training. You just get voted in as a GBC, and then you're kind of on your own. There's no, there's no handbook. Right, and but this I, is one thing is, Narhari, is that they, ha- they don't put that many people as GBCs. I mean, it's like... Especially in North America, they've had the same, just think about it, just think who are the GBCs in North America and just think, have they changed any in 25, 30 years or since Prabhupada left? Just try to, you know, they've taken off a few, but as far as adding any, yeah, maybe by Sheshika, then you're getting thin on names, like, you know, it's like, there's not that many. Well, they know, they're, we're recognizing that, that, that everyone's on the GBCs. The GBC, they're getting old, and it's, it's kind of turning like a, a good old boys club. 
and they're, everybody's recognizing that the GBC is such an important body that we've got to get it together because the look at the, the average age of those that are on the GBC. I mean, they've got you know, they've got like oxygen tanks up there and wheelchairs, <laughs> walking around with, with drips, with IV drips. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like you're in a uh, it's like you're you know in an Ger old age Ger a geriatric ward, right? Yeah, it's yeah they're on the they're on the they're, their last uh, their last leg, <laughs> and, and everybody knows it. I mean, everybody knows it. So we're looking to to. To, to, to gradually change that GBC, and, and it will. And I felt a lot of hope. Well, there's there's a whole crew of, of assistant or what do they call zonal, I mean, secretaries. Yeah, so they're the next really crop because they're really in touch with everything day to day, more or less. So, but the kids I saw from here, that's that kind of surprised me because they're like you know twenty something. And they they have zero experience managing a temple, but yeah. But they went. They went to take some courses. No, it's it's encouraging. It's encouraging. Since you have some pull now, Harry, it seems like what you're saying. It sounds like you're saying you have some ability to um, suggest solutions or ideas. A very practical, um, practical. Help, I think, would be to anybody who wants to be in a position of managing a temple commander, temple president, go through a um, communication course and kind of like healing course for their own baggage. So before someone's in a situation where they have to instruct others, they've already worked out there like, you know, I'm so mad at my mom or my dad or my kid. You know, they're not carrying all that baggage. And then there's there was a, you know, who came through Idaho was... Um, who runs the Krishna House? I forgot his name all of a sudden. Kalakanta? Kalakanta. I'm pretty sure it was Kalakanta. It was a long time ago. And he gave like a one-day, two-hour basic thing on communication. And I was like, please, please let the management here implement this. It would be so great, you know. And um, I was thinking, gosh, at that time I was thinking, anybody who wants to be in a position or has the talent to be in a position like a Shatri in nature to, to, to administrate also needs to know how to, like Prabhupada said, speak the truth palatably and communicate in, in an effective but also non-violent way, you know, because they're dealing with so many people who are enthusiastic. There's no guarantee that the children are going to be devotees. There's no guarantee people who come are going to stay. And there's so much effort that goes into bringing people that it's like we want to take care of them. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So, but, you know, the bottom line is communication skills and also working on, like, what Tulsi is offering. We need more people like that within ISKCON that, that these people can call to to say, uh, I need a session. <laughs> I've got stuff coming up and I've got to deal with people in the temple, but I don't want to dump on them, so let me work this out. You know, some, something very practical, um, simple, that there's a lot of resources for. It's just people need to have the impetus to, to do it. And I think if it was mandatory, I know people don't like the word mandatory, but if they're going to be in a position like that, I my opinion is it should be mandatory to have some lessons and some skills in communication. If you want to think on that, maybe pass along next time you're having your meeting. Well, thank you. 
No, that's that's good. We've actually that's actually been discussed. So what happens, unfortunately, a lot of times is you just need a president. Something happened. The president falls down. Some terrible thing happens, and you just got to grab whoever you can get and put them in there. And uh, so many times, we someone's just put in there. They they have no managerial. They don't have the qualities or even the interest, but they just kind of step in because that's what they have to do. And we see that happen a lot. So it wasn't like this person was planning or even wanted to be a president, but they just kind of, somebody's got to fill that spot. And that's unfortunate. It wasn't so bad, you know, back in the earlier days when the temples were, particularly in America, when the temples were full of so many great devotees. Now they're just like, it's kind of a different scene. I can't speak about the rest of the world, but in America, it's it's quite thin. And then you've got um, cultural, huge think, cultural differences. Some of the temples are so uh, Indian-oriented. And um, I've, I have students in different places in the world, uh, one being uh, Seattle, one in uh, in Houston. And when they go, they, they, they don't like going to the temple just because the, the culture, there's such cultural divide, because it's mostly all Indians. So anyway, there's a lot, a lot of issues that um, need to get worked on. I can see in a situation like you described, I can visualize somebody is thrown into the being humble president, and then, because we're all connected to GBC, they're given the resources to take some classes because I, once that's implemented where it's in place within ISCON, communication courses over Zoom or online and then over Zoom meetings, then even if it's like as they're going, they can get trained. I can see that that could be implemented. And even in situations where someone has to step in right away, they also get to, hey, bonus, you get to learn some communication skills and get some free um, help with whatever emotional working no, all all good ideas. I think we're out of time. Um, so yeah, I've got to go jump into some DD services. So thank you all very much, and um, always great thank being you. here. And we'll see everybody back here tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. You wonderful thank you. Thank you for I Thank you, Ramadan, for facilitating. I appreciate it. Glorious.